This is the WTIP Boundary Waters Podcast. This is the wilderness that Dave and I were both introduced to as kids. You know, our first wilderness camping experiences were in the Boundary Waters. And in summer, you wake up, you swim through the lake, you have breakfast, then you can relax, you can go paddling, you can go hiking. We've done this trip before to Horseshoe Lake, and I remember catching walleye there before. I went on a canoe trip in the Boundary Waters, and it's, it was really cool. It was my first time. The route from Ram Lake back to Poplar Lake with, with no packs, with, with only a day pack, uh, we take it in one day. Well, you can look to Venus, you can look to Mars. I will set my sights by the northern star and in the deep dark blue. Oh, and in the deep dark blue come the northern light. Well, thanks for joining us on this bonus track here for the WTAP Boundary Waters podcast. It's Saturday, July 11th. Joe Frederick's out here with none other than Matthew Baxley in the Boundary Waters Canoe Area Wilderness. It's the bonus Boundary Waters episode. If you'll excuse me, I'd like to join you in the wilderness. Yes! <laughs> now we're both in the wilderness together. We're out here on uh, we're out here on Homer Lake. We came out to do some other audio, and uh, while we were out here, we're on Homer Lake, which is half in, half out, and we just now both crossed the wilderness line officially. It's been a great day, Matthew. Uh, we were on the air at WTIP today. Uh, we we teamed up to do a, a program about the Boundary Waters. It's been a busy season, 2020. We've got a lot of interviews. We talked with three different canoe outfitters, uh, Dan Shirley from Sawbill Canoe Outfitters, uh, Jason Zaborski over at the Ely Outfitting Company, and uh, Andy McDonald up at Tuscarora. We also hear from Janice Matichuk, of course, near and dear to our hearts, uh, near and dear to many people's hearts, known as the Cache Bay Ranger, uh, and an update on where her life has gone in the last year. We know Janice from episode 9 of the podcast, Matthew. We went up to the Cache Bay Ranger Station for that episode. One of our most listened to episodes, by the way. And, and one of the more memorable trips of my life, I will add. Yep, and so uh, Janice has some, some very serious health issues that she's uh, facing here this summer, 2020, and, and moving ahead in her life. So we heard from all four of these people on this special program. Uh, it was aired live on WTIP today here on the 11th. If we wanted to just include it uh, as a bonus track here for everybody that uh, listens and subscribes to the podcast. Bonus! It's two episodes <laughs> in one month. We're going to be dropping episode 31 coming up soon. And if you're wondering about that whole Joe not being in the Boundary Waters, now he is sort of conversation, you'll just have to wait until episode 31 is released here soon. But we wanted to drop this uh, for y'all, because it's full of perspectives and updates on what's happening right now in the wilderness mm-hmm. and uh, and the nature things, because there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of stuff as the world continues to churn on and in COVID times and social unrests and revolutionary times in our nation. Uh, the boundary waters continues to go through its own sort of shifts and twists and turns it's been a remarkable year already from the closure at the beginning of the season matthew the actual entire wilderness was closed then it was open for day use only as we found out on the opener you and you and i went out on the fishing opener 
uh, May 9th, and then the wilderness opened May 18th, and then it's been busy. We're going to hear all these different perspectives uh, coming up on this bonus track. From east to west, the Boundary Waters speaks, well, at least the outfitters speak. Yeah. <laughs> and up into Cache Bay, up into Indeed. Ontario today on this bonus track. Hope you enjoy it. And uh, episode 31 will be coming out real soon here this month, so stay tuned for that. But uh, enjoy this bonus track. Bonus! We're going walleye fishing now. Let's hear an update on how things are going in the Boundary Waters here in the 2020 paddling season. Joining us now on the phone is Dan Shirley. He is the co-owner of Sawbill Canoe Outfitters uh, right up the Sawbill Trail here in Cook County. Dan, thanks so much for joining us today. Glad to be here, Joe. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, I know uh, just based on reports from the Forest Service and uh, conversations that you and I have had actually here in the past a month or so that things have been very busy uh, certainly and so here we are to you know Saturday afternoon in July and beautiful outside so no surprise perhaps that it is busy today or that you've been busy this morning getting canoes out and people coming back and so forth uh, but just give us a quick recap how things have have been up there at Sawbill as far as uh, has it been busy and and just you know in the Boundary Waters in general has it been busy up your way yeah absolutely it's been very busy um you know, we, in addition to our outfitting business, we also are the concessionaire for three national forest campgrounds. So across those two things, yeah, we've been very busy. I would say I did a quick crunch of the numbers this morning. So for canoe rentals, um, compared to this period last year, from the beginning of the season to now, we're probably about 40% higher um, in terms of uh, days of canoe rentals we've sent out. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of activity, um, a lot of people around. Um the, the campgrounds, you know, just outside the wilderness have also been very busy, um, much more so than, you know, the same period last year. Okay, and uh, so what what are you seeing? We're hearing some reports, you know, about there's a lot of people that are making their first trip to the Boundary Waters, and there's some, you know, people that are, aren't as familiar with how even the concept of portaging works or how to get a canoe on their shoulders or, or what the whole scene is all about up here. Are you seeing that as well? So a lot of, you know, novice or just people kind of doing their first trip, maybe showing up without a lot of experience? Yeah, absolutely. We're seeing a lot of first-timers, a lot of novices, because, you know, so many things are canceled or closed. Um, you know, we're having ad hoc Boy Scout troops, you know, get traveled together by, you know, a parent, you know, where the troop trip was, the official troop trip was canceled. Um, so those sorts of things. So they're making it happen. Um, you know, and we, we're really excited to see newcomers to the wilderness. Um, you know, that's what keeps it vital for the future to have, you know, people be introduced to it and interested in it. And, you know, everybody that we send out, whether they're a novice or experienced, we give everybody a pretty thorough orientation with their canoes and how to carry them, et cetera. So, um, you know, all of that has been going pretty much as it normally has. Um, but we are definitely seeing the, like, oh, this is a, a three-generations trip that we've never been able to schedule, but we happen to not be working right now. And, and so we're seeing a lot of those sorts of things where, you know, people are able to, to make this happen. It's been a bucket list. Um, and the timing is working out. Nice. Okay. Well, within that, uh, Dan, and whether or not this is related to uh, either just the busy season or, or some of the novice paddlers that are in the area, we've seen and heard some reports. I had a discussion this week with uh, Trent Wickman from Spear National Forest, the public affairs officer, about garbage being left behind and some issues with trash and so forth and, and cutting down live trees in the wilderness. Uh, 
Are you seeing any of that or hearing any of those reports that aren't as uplifting uh, maybe as the fact that uh, business is going well? Yeah, for sure. Um, we definitely are, are seeing that. And I actually just a couple days ago went on a three-day trip with uh, my family, my wife, and two kids. Um, and we saw some of that ourselves. We um, On one campsite, there was some human waste just like right in the middle of the campsite. Um, and then the other campsite that we ended up opting to stay at instead, um, there's a bunch of trash in uh, the fire grate. So, you know, I mean, you see that from time to time. We've been hearing more about it. Um, and, you know, I think it just is that was a good reminder to me that we need to be um, doing even more educational pieces um, and doing a good job of when you come across that stuff is, you know, really just leaving it cleaner than you found it. So, you know, we filled the trash bag with us and brought it back out, hopefully left our campsite, you know, looking as it should. Um, but, yeah, you know, there's a little bit more of a challenge associated with that education piece because, you know, people are not watching the video in the more traditional sense where they're coming into our store and watching it. Um, our interactions are, you know, unfortunately a little bit more transactional because of the social distancing and that sort of thing. So um, you're not spending maybe as much time, you know, in the details with folks. Um, but I think um, a lot of that is just a matter of, you know, if you don't know, you don't know. And, and it's just kind of incumbent on all of us to, to keep reminding people and help them um, know how to protect them. Sure, and uh, you've had your own observations then from this past week. That's great. You were able to, to get out here in July and do a family trip uh, a few days out in the wilderness yourself, but are, are some of your guests also reporting that they've been experiencing that, you know, some of those same observations that you made, unfortunately, at those sites? Yeah, the, we are hearing about that here and there. Um, and I think, you know, another thing that kind of contributes to that is, you know, we've seen a lot of people, and I think this is, related to novices that are not going on longer canoe trips. They're maybe base camping on a wilderness lake, on an entry point lake, excuse me, or one portage in, um, and then just sort of hanging out. And I think that inactivity sort of breeds some of this uh, bad behavior. Um, so I, and you know, one of the angles I'm always taking and encouraging people to do is, you know, go on a, on a trip where you go from site to site and, and you travel a little bit because, you know, when you have time on your hand, it's, you're just hanging out in a campsite, you know, you may be more inclined to cut down a tree or do something versus if you're, like, traveling um, more. And so we are seeing more of those base camp-type trips, um, and I do attribute that more to the, the folks that are, you know, looking for something new to do and haven't really um, appreciated yet so the value of, you know, tripping mm -hmm. from lake to lake. Yeah, sure. Okay, interesting. Well, how about the uh, how about the campfire ban, uh, Dan? We know on the uh, before the Fourth of July holiday, the Forest Service enacted a campfire ban on Superior National Forest uh, for the most part, and, and that included all the campsites in the Boundary Waters Canoe Area Wilderness on the tenth of July. Then yesterday. Uh, the the ban was lifted, so you can have a campfire ban. I'm curious uh, before we get into you know share how you relay that information, just uh, how it went over the Fourth of July. We know, of course, it was very busy in the BWCA over the over the Fourth. Uh, did you how'd that go relaying that message? Did you run into anybody who you know obviously it's not your decision to put that in place, but uh, didn't seem too enthused about it and so forth? Or how was the reception to the campfire ban over the holiday? Yeah, we had it prominently posted, and there were definitely people that were, um, you know, let down by that because they associate camping with a campfire more than that sort of thing and family. Um, so people were bummed, but we didn't really have anybody push back. 
I mean, especially when you say, well, there's like six wildfires going right now, you know, that started from lightning strikes. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that kind of drives the point home, and I think people appreciated that, um, which I think all of those are out now due to the recent rain. Um, yep. it, it went pretty well. You know, the, our, the campgrounds that we managed did not have a fire ban, so that was a nice sort of middle ground for a lot of people. Um, but it did shift some plans. Um, and I, but I think people did comply with it. Okay, yeah, and that again has been lifted. Now you can have a a campfire again in the Boundary Waters uh, as of the tenth, so yesterday. And so uh, you mentioned some social distancing aspects of operations this year at Sawbill. Dan, how about uh, the pandemic? How safety protocols uh, have changed operations? Tell us a little bit about uh, how that started, particularly the you know start of the season, and and uh, how those have been going. Yeah, they've actually been going really well. Um, so we're uniquely situated because we house all of our staff here on site. Um, so we've been really sensitive to the fact that, you know, we can't just have somebody get sick and then not come to work um, because they live here and we're all connected in kind of a household unit. So we had everybody do a two-week quarantine at home before they arrived, and then they did an additional quarantine period where they were completely separate, separate bathrooms upon arrival, and we paid them during that time as well. Um, so once they were integrated into the family household unit, so to speak, um, things have been going good. You know, our staff is wearing masks 100% of the time whenever they're interacting with the public. Um, we are only operating with a window service, so our door doors are closed, but we do have like an order and a pickup window, and we're happy to shop on your behalf. That's going really well. We have a bunch of merchandise displayed out front so people can shop that way. We're also offering some free shipping options from our online store. Um, and then all of our year uh, transactions are being done out of doors. Um, you know, the whole social distancing thing has become second nature for us and wearing masks. You know, customers seeing us wear masks encourages them to wear them. Um, so it's going really well. We've kind of hit our groove. Um, we're doing lots of gear sanitization. Um, we've gone through like 70 gallons of, of hand sanitizer that we bought from Vicra Distillery in Duluth. Hmm. Um so we're hand sanitizing like crazy and sanitizing gear and washing stuff. And, you know, I think it's we're maintaining a high degree of hygiene and we're operating pretty smooth now. Yeah. And, and did you see, I mean, when, when things started, Dan, I mean, you and I touched base uh, before the BWC reopened for overnight use. That was uh, back in on May 18th, I think middle of May, uh, before Memorial Day weekend. And there was a lot of uncertainty as to how the season was even going to go or if there would be a season and so forth. And now, as you said, uh, numbers are way up 40% uh, above last year. So it's actually been one of the busiest seasons. Did you foresee that happening uh, when we first talked about these issues back in May? Dan, was that on your your radar? I mean, I guess in hindsight, it should have been more, just considering all the external factors. Um, We were just, you know, trying to prepare to to open and be able to operate safely, frankly. Um, And there was a lot that went into this plan to execute it. Um, And it makes a lot of sense that we are so busy, you know, now. Um, but it is a little bit surprising. I mean, frankly, it's been like what we call the busy season pretty much the whole season. Um, so a couple that with new operations, um, new staff. Um, right now our staff is operating, you know, incredibly well. Um, everybody is just totally bought into this concept of, you know, operating safely. And, um, you know, we're, we're getting used to, being, you know, in the busy season for the whole season, I think. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Yeah, very good. Well, we uh, we appreciate hearing these updates uh, from the Boundary Waters, and and uh, all you know, you're very busy, so taking some time here on a Saturday afternoon and our membership drive, appreciate it uh, a great deal. We've been speaking with Dan Shirley. He's the co-owner of Sawbill Canoe Outfitters up the Sawbill Trail uh, right here in Cook County. Dan, thanks so much, and uh, enjoy the rest of the season. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on, Joe. Take care. Dark lakes, the snow caps, gravel beds and the rivers raise the mountains bare than the scarred land. But the regrowth's coming back again, coming back again. Come back again, you better we'll be back again to the regrowth, back again to the mishraths, back again to the dark lakes, come back again to the rivers race. Green on white over green on blue, green on black over green on gray, green on white over green on blue, darker gray over green on gray over green on green, over green on green. Green on green, green on green, the deep green, the dark lakes when the giants fell now old teeth. Raven croaks when the cabbage flower grows amongst the deep green, from the logging camps to lumber camps, deep green to mishroud, cedar air, the fishing town, salmon streams run golden brown in the rain, it falls, rainbow arcs, white wisp over deep dark, white wisp over deep dark. You coming back again? Come back again, you bet I will be back again to the big road. Back again to the mishraths, come back again to the dark lakes, come back again to the rivers race. Green on white, green on blue, green on black for darker gray. Green on white, green on blue, green on gray, green on green, green on green. To the green on green, to the green on green, to the green on green. We talk a lot about the Gunflint Trail and the east side of the Boundary Waters Canoe Area Wilderness, the Sawbill Trail, and so forth. And we also talk about the Ely side of things. We want to hear how it's going over near Ely this year in the Boundary Waters Canoe Area Wilderness. Joining us now for an update on that is Jason Zaborski. He is the owner of the Ely Outfitting Company, of course, in Ely, Minnesota. Jason, uh, thanks for your time today. Hi, Joe. Great to be here. Yeah, well, uh, you know, as I said, we do a lot of coverage of, of the Boundary Waters, and, and a lot of that's right here, maybe a little closer to our backyard on the Gunflint and Sawbill and Arrowhead Trail and so forth. Uh, but, of course, we're interested in how things are going over in Ely as well. It's the same wilderness, the BWCAW, and I'm wondering, Jason, is it uh, also very busy over your way here in 2020? It's uh, pretty uh, nutty bustling over here, for sure. (laughs) And, uh, you know, it was uh, a nail-biter to start the season. But, uh, you know, once once we got into June, really, and the BW opened, people were kind of trying to knock down the doors a little bit and, and get out there. Um, which is which is pretty amazing to see to go from you know a point where we didn't know in the spring if we'd put a 
you know, a single canoe on the water to instead having a season that's, that's probably just as busy as any of our other busiest seasons. Okay. And so how did you uh, prepare for that from a, from a staffing point, from a, a business management standpoint of here's, here's who I need with me as this starts to roll out, maybe looking back toward Memorial Day weekend when things really started to pick up? How did you, how did you prepare for that and also be mindful of the ongoing pandemic? And uh, just how did you prepare for this uh, rollout of operations here? Uh, the, the HR part of this was uh, really challenging in the spring because uh, we, like a lot of other outfitters, basically told all of our staff that we'd hired just to, to sit tight and stay where they were and not show up um, to work until we had things figured out. And so it was kind of challenging to have that pause. Uh, but fortunately, uh, all of our staff ended up showing up, um, and uh, uh, we didn't staff as much as we would have otherwise, but we're getting through it with kind of some kind of top-rate staff, which is excellent. Hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, our staff is doing a great job of being, you know, really cognizant of the pandemic. Uh, we're all masked basically all the time. Whenever we're having any interactions with guests, we're asking all of our guests to mask and to social distance. And I've been really pleased to see um, that our guests are doing a good job of that. And they're actually doing better and better as the season goes along. I think at the the start of the summer, some people um, needed to borrow masks from us or get masks from us. But now most folks are just showing up with masks and, and taking it seriously and taking it carefully and just really thrilled that they're able to be a part of sort of what we call the original social distancing vacation, mm-hmm. uh, which is the Boundary Waters once they get out on trail. Okay. Now, I wanted to address something here uh, from some news that I saw this week and in, in the middle of the week. And, you know, we do a lot of weather updates here on WTIP on, on just our regular news programming throughout the day. We're often, often referencing the weather, certainly at least uh, once every hour, if not more than that. And I, you know, here in Cook County, which is a massive, large geographical area, things can range. We'll have, you know, uh, two inches of rain up near Clearwater Lake or mid-trail area here. And, uh, you know, even down at Seagull, not too far away, 30 miles away approximately, there would be, there was, you know, a half an inch of rain. And that can change down here by Lake Superior and so forth. So there's uh, varying weather here locally. But also that can change a lot. You know, I said, of course, it's the same wilderness area, the BWCA, where you are in Ely, and weather can be dramatically different over where you are. I bring this sure. up for example, Jason, that the uh, Wednesday night I see there was a, a really intense storm over in the Ely Tower area, storm uh, trees coming down, uprooted trees and, and branches coming down, and all kinds of rain. Uh, did you have any, uh, you know, what are some reports coming in from some of your, your guests, canoeists and, and uh people that were out paddling through this any any reports coming in from that storm wednesday night yeah well in town we had just a deluge right um and we had some strong winds but but they weren't extended strong winds and um so we got i heard estimates of four plus inches of rain in the right around the ely area but what was so nice is that we just didn't have these sort of extreme winds um, and, and the folks coming off trail aren't talking about, you know, any blowdown conditions. They aren't talking about problems getting across the portages because of blowdowns and things like that. So uh, uh, they are talking about how much rain they got in such a short period of time. But generally, they fared, you know, fortunately really well. They, they struggled more in the month of June 
we had a brutally windy uh, uh, June, hmm. and it just the wind wouldn't stop. And I think people struggled um, sort of more with that, you know, particularly on the, the larger lakes, trying to cross with the white caps and things like that. But but they're still doing overall, you know, quite well. We're just thankful also that we have rain and um, and that fire ban was lifted. It makes everybody a lot happier mm-hmm. going on trail. Sure. And we heard uh, from, from Dan Shirley here earlier in the program, a co-owner up at Sawbill, Sawbill mm-hmm. Canoe Outfitters here, uh, that it's uh, he's seen a lot of, of people on their first trip, families or, or groups or just individuals coming up, uh, novice paddlers, people that, you know, maybe some of their other summer plans got canceled or rearranged, and so they're coming up to the boundary waters to, to get away, as you said, socially distance and so forth. Uh, but are you seeing uh, some people that maybe aren't as familiar with the whole scene and portaging and just the boundary waters in general this year? Are you experiencing that too? Sure, sure. And and kind of the term from an administrative perspective that I'm using is churn. We're getting a, a dramatic number of cancellations, a dramatic number of, of modifications of reservations, and then a dramatic number of new reservations falling in behind those. So what's happening is those folks from California are basically all canceling their trips. They're just not they're just not traveling long distances through airports and things. But we're getting all sorts of new reservations from the Midwest and Chicago, Minneapolis, and Kansas City driving distance. And uh, so it's much more of a regional focus, it seems like now. Um, but also, we are, we are, you know, talking to a lot of folks who say, you know, I've heard about this, and they've always wanted to do it, and this is finally their chance. Actually, there's a, there's a family of five that returned from trail yesterday, and the mom said to me, she goes, Jason, I've been trying to, for 20 years to get my husband to go camping. And she said, finally, it took a pandemic Mm. to get him to go camping. Mm. And he did, and they took their three kids out, and they had a great time. And they'll be back, which is which is wonderful. Yeah, nice. Okay, well, you mentioned, too, uh, cancellations, and and then there's, you know, reservations coming in behind those but how about right. uh, how about your quetico trips i know you do some up into you know through prairie prairie portage and up toward lac lacroix some toes and things uh onto that side uh, uh getting into quetico of course with sure. the, the border closure nobody uh from the u.s is crossing into canada to do a canoe trip into into quetico park so how has that uh changed operations for you well when when it was a uh, a border closure through June 21. I think people were optimistic and thought, well, I'm, I'm going to reschedule it, do it later in, in July or August. But once they extended it to July 21 for the, for the border closure, I think people are kind of throwing up their hands and saying, yeah, this is probably not something I should be planning to do this summer. I'm just going to put it off to next year. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it's going to be pretty amazing to see uh, how those Quetico uh, traditionally used uh, campsites um, and the Portage trails, how, how it's all spared with, with virtually no use for an entire season. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be pretty interesting to check out next summer. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I, I think all, we have one, maybe just one group left that still has a, a trip scheduled for Quetico. They rescheduled for August, um, but, but pretty much everybody else is just saying, you know, that's probably not in the cards for, for this summer, and they're either uh, changing their plans to do a BWCA trip or else just putting it on hold till hmm. next season. 
Okay, well, that will be interesting to follow that, certainly, uh, when, when the time is right to, to resume uh, Quetico trips and so forth. And as you said, uh, not certain yet, but uh, looking like 2021 at this point for those uh, trips to resume. All right, we've been speaking with Jason Zaborski. He's the owner of the Ely Outfitting Company over in Ely, Minnesota. Thank you, Jason, so much. Thank you. Let's hear a special interview coming up next. Quetico Provincial Park's longest-serving interior park ranger, Janice Matichuk, joins us now on the phone. Janice, uh, as I said, uh, first of all, hello, Janice Matichuk. You're in Ontario right now. Thank you so much for joining us here on this special program on WTIP. Hello, Joseph. <laughs> Hello, Janice. Young man that I felt I've known a lot of years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's been a pleasure to get to know you over the years indeed, Janice. And as I said, you're the longest-serving ranger in the history of Quetico Park. Uh, we, we've uh, heard you on the podcast. We've heard you on the airwaves of WTIP over the years. And, uh, uh, you know, you're, you were featured on Episode 9, for example, of the podcast, one of the most listened to episodes. Matthew Baxley and I uh, went up to Cache Bay and and watched you uh, toward the end of that season in September uh, 2018 and got to know you uh, well, very well on that trip, but also just uh, through other aspects of life, certainly. And uh, we know, Janice, I've said uh, here on the program that you're on medical leave from Quetico at this time, and uh, Cache Bay, the ranger station, is closed down currently due to uh, COVID-19 and the pandemic and border closures with the U.S. and Canada uh, but uh, you're on medical leave, and, and uh, people here in our community in Grand Marais and the Gunflint Trail and SAG uh, know you well, Janice, and um, know that you are uh, having some medical issues at this time. You have brain cancer. Janice, I want to just say that over the airwaves for the first time, and so I really appreciate you uh, taking some time with us here today on this Saturday afternoon in July. Uh, Janice, can you just uh, share with us how you're, how you're doing at this time? Uh, how are you feeling? How are you, Janice? Holy geez, buddy. <laughs> That's a big question. Mm-hmm. Well, it's uh, my biggest challenge of life. And um, when I think about all the challenges I've had, which mostly have been with water, as of, as of 1955 when I was 14 months old, and the several times the universe tried to get rid of me early, it's all with water. The bulk of them have been in Quetico. I managed to get through them. This one's a bigger one, buddy, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I'm going to hang on as much as I can and fight the fight and uh, tell my jokes, and there's times I'm crying, but the bulk of the time I'm cocky and I tell my jokes, and I hope people have a good day. Mm-hmm. And so you got uh, a diagnosis uh, in June here, 2020, just last month, Janice, you found out you had uh, brain cancer, and, and it kind of, uh, it, it certainly took you off, off guard, was my understanding, and uh, have you been, you doing okay, are you able to, to get around and so forth, or how, how are you physically at, at this stage, Janice? Okay, well, I have lost my driver's license, I'm not allowed to drive, um, I can see pretty much from the center to the left, and apparently there's a lot of you on the right, so if you want to lose weight or whatever, just stand on my right because I can't see you properly. And, um, yeah, it's quite difficult to see the right. I'm not supposed to walk alone anymore, all sorts of stuff. Um, I've never been, ever, been in my home at this time of year. I've been at Cache Bay and in the bush for 35 seasons from 
1st of May till mid-September. So this is brand new for me, being in my house. <laughs> mm-hmm. No clue what it's like at this time of year. Um, the blaze, uh, what glioblastoma that I have is a pretty life-threatening uh, cancer, and I'm trying to call all the angels and the people that believe in more than just uh, Western medicine to work at this, and we'll see how it goes. But the other side that I would like to remind people that are still on the upside and going on trips and whatnot, no matter if it's boundary water, it doesn't matter if it's the Arctic, Timbuktu, wherever it is on the planet. And I'm realizing this more and more the last couple of years, for some reason, it became really important to me privately um, for people to respect the earth on the planet, not just Grand Moraine, Cache Bay, and Boundary Waters, and uh, Quetico Park, but just be good people, be good to the earth, wherever you are, what kind of uh, um, uh, paths you choose to take with the outside, and One of these days, who knows, man, the uh, planets might just say, okay, guys, I've had it with you. You've all got to get better of how you preach the earth and whatnot, and so I'm going to get rid of you for a while. So that that doesn't happen, maybe that's what this COVID thing's about, who knows. It's making us all take pause, take responsibility, um, don't be so greedy with what we think we deserve. Instead, let's be good to each other and the earth. And at this point, it happens to be Quetico Park and Grand Marais because those are our two favorites for us, right? But everybody on the Earth has their favorites in planets that they like. And so, Janice, um, I know it's it's maybe early to be uh, thinking about this, and and uh, forgive me if I if you're not uh, comfortable with this question. But uh, have you given any uh, thought, or, or where are you on the future of uh, your position in Quetico and the in the Cache Bay Ranger Station? Ask a hard question, why don't you? But, guys, this is the first time of when I think about all the accidents I've had from 1954, and I was just making fun of this a little bit lately, uh, the last couple of months when all this came apart. Um, All the challenges, man, that I have beat the odds, and I've been alone just about for all of them. And for me, it's almost like the earth or the... uh, I believe a lot in the metaphysical world, and and people are allowed to have all their religions. I totally respect that, too. My religion is the bush. That happens to be where I live, and that's what I like the best. So my religion is called the bush. I don't care what you call it, what days you go to church. For me, it's all the time. And this is the first time, though, Joe, and everybody listening, this is the first time um, that I've been very challenged with... Um, possibility of the outcome, right? So um, I'm kind of saying, Jesus, they've tried to get rid of me for a long time. Hmm. And the bulk of it, the last 35 years in accidents in Quetico Park on my days off and doing these bar paddles and uh, alone, all of them just about, and she's beat all the odds, and geez, we can't get rid of that woman, so we've got to just take her out. We've got to figure out something to take her out hmm. because we've got work for her in another area, which I truly believe that's who I am. But at this point, and talking to you and knowing the WTI people are listening, um, well, geez, maybe I'll fight a little harder again. Uh, But this is the first time, guys, um, that my inner gut knows, wow, 
I've really played the odds for so long, and I've beaten all the odds that I should have been composed a long time ago, and I've beat them all. Even when I lost my finger, my amputation, um, it's the first time I didn't close Cash Bay, but uh, I had another two weeks, I think, before my finger was amputated and should have been um, composed, and I beat all the odds and it's going to be considered a medical study because of my, and I'm right-handed, and my right index finger. Um, I held it literally for 12 hours till I got from Quetico Park, and I was barking orders at campers on, I need you guys to do this. I tried to catch the plane. Quick, I need, I put my finger back on immediately. Guys, do this, boo 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 and of course they're nervous, and I'm barking orders, as I usually do, radioed for a plane to come get me. That was about 11.15 in the morning, and shortly after midnight in southern Ontario at an amputee center, they were putting my finger back on, and then I had, oh, yeah, the neatest thing, guys. Did you know what leeches are all about? <laughs> yeah. And, and whatnot. Yeah, so, and, and, and Janice, so so, so just just to uh, summarize for our listeners who maybe aren't as familiar with what you're, you're describing to us here, is that uh, in August of, of 2019, or toward the end of the paddling season, last uh, into the fall, end of the summer, uh, you were injured at Cache Bay, and, and uh, your finger was, was uh, severely damaged, amputated, as you said, and, and uh, you've recovered from that and it's indeed uh you were the prognosis initially was you're going to lose this finger well it survived and so it sounds like you're applying some of that to your current situation with brain cancer that the odds are not in your favor but you're going to come at it with that janice matichuk approach that many of our listeners know and people who know you know that you're very strong and, and a fighter and and uh persevere through many hard things in in the course of your life janice and so uh, our thoughts are certainly with you as as you move forward here and and was that your last day uh, at work at Cash Bay, Janice, was the, the day you were injured with your finger? That is correct. Um, I had to get flown out immediately on the plane that brought in campers and the plane that I caught, and then it ripped my finger off, just a comedy there. Um, they offloaded the campers. There were actually Grand Marais folks I know, locals, um, guys from Chicago. Everybody was paddling in. They saw the plane come out coming to see me, right? Oh, I wonder why the plane's here, because they know um, campers normally don't come in maybe four or five times a season. And uh, then they got told, yeah, Janice just had her finger amputated, and she's on the plane. <laughs> she's going to Ontario, and they're going to try and fix it at midnight. So I apparently, I didn't know this until weeks later, how many uh, United States paddlers that are all typical Cash Bay paddlers were coming around the corner and they saw the plane leave, not knowing I was on there trying to hold my finger together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty fun. And your finger is now better, and so you've made it through that challenge, and uh, you've this new one now uh, is, is in front of you here, and, and uh, brain cancer, and Janice, so many people have gotten to know you here, and uh, certainly on SAG and, and that community, and uh, the Gunflint Trail, and down in Grand Marais, and uh, many of our listeners here on WTIP have gotten to know you, and um, I'm sure there's a lot of of outpouring uh, of support, uh, hopefully, that you're, you're hearing from this community at this time. And uh, I appreciate you so much taking some, some time to fill us in here, Janice, on how you're doing. Uh-huh. And, and um, any, any thoughts you, you want to close with, Janice, about, uh, you know, to anybody listening, uh, just about how you're doing, your, your health, or just your reflections on, on what this Gunflint Trail community and, and the Grand Marais community ha- has meant to you over your, your decades at Cache Bay. Uh, what, what's this community meant, meant to you, too? 
too, Janice. Okay, well, I will not comment on how my health is. I think most people are understanding this is a, a real big one, guys. But what you guys, and um, how old are you when I started, Joe? How old are you? <laughs> like you were probably just in diapers when I started this. <laughs> I would have been, yeah, around two or three, I think. Oh, my Lord. So, everybody listening. Um, I remember we're in the WTIP radio area, I, I, and then I remember um, when your DNR uh, thing was what is now your uh, north, where your folk school, the folk, folk school. school is, and all that. I've seen Grand Marais to a lot of changes from 1985, and to what a gorgeous, gorgeous artistic community it is, and supporter. And I'd like you all to just. Do your best. Be as honest as you can wherever you recreate, wherever you appreciate the bush and the wilderness, whether it's the cities or whatever. We all need it, and that's what I'd like people to do. And, yes, of course, we're really um, partial to uh, our area that we all love, and that's why we're there. And I've learned a ton about DNR, our um, gunflint, and uh, this area of the um, trail. And I've met a whole bunch of people I've been pleased to be friends with that have chosen to keep in touch with me. Um, they're all stellar people. You all are. So just keep living as honest a life, as giving a life as you can, no matter where you are. This one happens to be the favorite part of the world. Mm. <laughs> but um, just be good people wherever you live. Janice Manichuk is the longest-serving ranger in the history of Quetico Provincial Park here in the Boundary Waters region. She's currently on medical leave from Quetico at this time, and the Cache Bay Ranger Station is closed. Janice, thank you so much for being on this program. Appreciate it so much. I know it. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good, Janice. We'll be talking with you. Thank you so much, Janice. Okay. Bye, everybody. Let's hear how things are going this year on the Gunflint Trail in the Boundary Waters. Joining us now for an update on that is Andy McDonald. He's a co-owner of Tuscarora Lodge and Canoe Outfitters on the Gunflint Trail. Andy, thanks so much for your time. Thanks, Joe. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Well, uh, we've heard uh, already and, and from reports you've shared with me here throughout the season uh, in 2020, it's been very busy up up the Gunflint and uh, up your way on the trail. So uh, how are things here, you know, through July 4th now? We're, we're over that holiday weekend, but typically, Andy, I'd be reaching out going, well, are you ready for August? Because that's kind of that peak season. Seems like you've already been through a month's worth of August weekends. That is true. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's been August since about May 18th. I think. I think that's when we opened, and and there really hasn't been a let up at all throughout the entire month of June, um, right up to this morning. Okay. It's been uh, extremely busy. Okay, and and uh, how are people dealing with the busyness itself? I mean, uh, there's only so many campsites. Sometimes uh, those on the edge of the wilderness fill up, and people have to go beyond. How are how are people dealing with the crowds themselves? People are they're doing pretty good, you know. Um, the the periphery lakes like you know Seagull um, and around here Cross Bay. Brant's Missing Link, those are, uh, you know, you're rolling dice to get a campsite sometimes on those lakes. But if you get in a little farther, you can, you know, usually find an open site. And people are, um, a lot of people are coming with the expectation that it is going to be really busy. 
um, and people are doing a pretty good job of uh, getting out there and, you know, <laughs> finding a campsite. We're not hearing too many horror stories of paddling around at 9 o'clock at night looking for a campsite, at least not up on the end of the Gunflin Trail here. Mm-hmm. Are you making recommendations about if you see a site, uh, you know, you may want to take it or you cater that maybe based on the, the group you're, you're dealing with at the time? Definitely, yeah. And that decision is based on, you know, where they're going, um, what time of day it is, especially if it's later on in the day or if it's early in the morning, you know, what their expectations are, things like that. But we're having, you know, August conversations with groups every single day um, about, you know, lakes, campsites, you know, on entry point lakes and things like that and the fact that it is busier than usual. And most everyone is pretty well prepared, at least people that are coming through Outfitters. Um, they are they're they're pretty well prepared to uh, <laughs> camp early in the day. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so uh, you know, you and I had touched base. We had a, a separate story. I, I don't believe we attributed or, or quoted you in this, but you and I had discussed this. Uh, some of the the campsites that were closed up on Alpine in that Seagull area, there were some reports of bears uh, coming into campsites. They had Forest Service actually close. Uh, some of those campsites up in that area due to bears just coming in and and having to deal with that situation. So any updates on that story from that was right before the 4th, I think. Yeah, as far as I know those campsites are still closed. We are not we are not telling people to camp there. In fact, we're telling people to uh, you know, skip Seagull and Alpine if possible because for a while there almost every group that we had coming through that area that was camping uh, was having some interaction with the bear, <laughs> you know, kind of, and it didn't seem to matter where they were in that area. Um, that seems to have quieted down a little bit based on some reports from a bunch of groups that came back today. But uh, as far as I know, the campsites are still closed, and um, <laughs> those bears are still out there potentially to, uh, you know, cause some problems. Okay, interesting. Now, how about, uh, you know, we've heard uh, from some other outfitters, there's a lot of uh, novice paddlers, people coming on first-time trips, and some of the, the scout trips maybe getting rearranged or people coming on their own uh, who were a part of that or, or just not coming. So new faces, perhaps, is an easy way to say it. Are you experiencing uh, that, too, a lot of first-time trips, Andy? Definitely. We're seeing a lot of first-timers and a lot of people that had this kind of on their bucket list or they did a canoe trip you know, when they were a kid and now they want to bring their kids and they've been putting it off and this year you know, they decided it was the perfect year to do that. So we're seeing a ton of that. Okay, and I know that Tuscarora was pretty straightforward about uh, masks and social distancing and uh, taking it seriously, the COVID-19 pandemic and the situation. Of course, uh, the Boundary Waters viewed largely as a place to maybe perhaps get away from some of that, but there's still a lot of safety measures that need to be considered to do a trip uh, safely at this time. So how, how's that been going, operations through the pandemic? It's been going really, really well here. You know, um, People have been very, very respectful of it, and almost no one has been surprised um, by any of that stuff at all. Mm -hmm. So it's been very good. Okay. All right. Well, we heard uh, earlier in the show here from uh, Janice Matichuk. Of course, you know her from Cache Bay, longest-serving ranger at the in the history of Quetico Park. And, and uh, you're t- traditionally you're you're taking groups uh, up to American Point or getting them access uh, through Cache Bay. Has that yes. changed operations this year? I mean, nobody's going through Cache Bay right now. Correct. Yeah. There's there's no Quetico trips this year, and we're. Uh, <laughs> we have no uh, no expectation that there will be actually. Mm-hmm. So there, you know, a lot of people are canceling, and about the same amount of people are just you know grabbing a SAG permit and heading down the border. Okay, and so are you still doing transports across SAG uh, yep. U.S. side, and and, mm-hmm. and how has that been? Even uh, transport seems like it might have some modifications with the pandemic. Yeah, we require masks on the towboats. 
Um, and that's the only real big change is, is masking everyone up. Anytime they're set foot in the office, set foot in one of our vehicles, or set foot in a towboat, you got to have a mask on. Okay, and uh, do you have those on hand? Are people coming prepared for that? I would say 99% of people are prepared with masks, mm-hmm. and if they don't have them, we do have them. Okay. Well, how's it been, uh, you know, just getting staffed up? We've heard that uh, there's been some modifications. Of course, it was just kind of an out of the gates, here we go, let's start the season. Uh, are people holding up okay on the staff side of it With when we th- think just about all the changes for operations and, and it's been so busy, and here we are, it's just, you know, still relatively early in July on the 11th here. Are, how are you guys holding up, Andy, either either you and Ada or, or your entire staff? <laughs> we're doing really, really well. You know, we were really, really fortunate um, to have a really good crew hired, uh, you know, pretty early on in the season for staffing, but you know, by by you know by our measure, which is you know in January, February, and uh, it's been really really good so far. It's kind of a, it's been definitely a silver lining in these strange times. Mm-hmm. It's very good. Well, appreciate that and uh, appreciate your time. As I said, I know it's a Saturday in July. You're very busy up there at Tuscarora Lodge and Canoe Outfitters. Andy, enjoy uh, the rest of the season, and we look forward to you know hearing more. Uh, just as the season winds down later in the fall, touch base again and just hear hear how things uh, ended up at Tuscarora. We've been speaking with Andy McDonald, who's a co-owner of Tuscarora Lodge and Canoe Outfitters on the Gunflint Trail. Thank you, Andy. Yep, thanks, Joe. And that's it for this special bonus track here on the WTIP Boundary Waters podcast, a, a mid-season update, if you will, from all over the Boundary Waters. What we know is it's been very busy, and the Forest Service, as well as... Many of the outfitters and people who frequent or visit the BWCA really reminded people to take care of the wilderness this summer. Uh, Leave no trace principles, very important in a protected wilderness like the Boundary Waters. Well, as we do, let's wind down with some Ian Tamblin. You can look to Venus, you can look to Mars I will set my sights by the northern star And in the deep dark blue come the northern lights Oh, and in the deep dark blue come the northern Thinking if the strokes are true, we're gonna get through to the other side. Out in the night, the waves beat the shore. You can hear them pounding, you can hear them roar. Rule me, rock me in my dreams. You can roll me, rock me in my dreams. So I like to sing, I love to dance. Play the fool if I got the chance All around the campfire light All around the campfire light All around, all around, all around The campfire light 